Welcome to Conversations with Ken, a podcast where we discuss relevant topics in investing. I'm Ken Crawford, Senior Portfolio Manager with Argent Capital Management. Today I have with me Steve Smith. Steve, please say hello. Ken, thank you very much for having me. So, Steve, you are new to Argent, never been on the podcast. Perhaps you could give us a little history of who you are and why you're here. Sure, happy to. Um, so I joined Argent in October of 2022. Uh, prior to that, I was at uh, Fidelity Investments Canada as a sector analyst on consumer staples uh, for two years. And before that, I was in New York while I was working on my um, MBA at Columbia Business School as a student in the value investing program there. Uh, prior to that, I was in uh, St. Louis, which is uh, my hometown, uh, working at Edward Jones in equity research for about five years. Great. So welcome back to St. Louis. Thank you. Uh, you have been a great addition to the Argent Analyst Team, Investment Team. So one of the areas that you cover is uh, housing, the housing industry. That's right, yep. Way back when, when I was studying economics, um, one of the rules of thumb was higher interest rates meant that the housing sector was in difficult situation. And that seems not to be the case this go around. So am I missing something or what's going on there? Can you explain? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, um, you know, I, I think that the environment that we are in, I would still, you know, consider a housing down cycle. Okay. So it's not, uh, it's not all, you know, positive out there. However, what's interesting and kind of unique about the environment that we are in today is, as you point out, even with higher interest rates and resulting higher mortgage rates uh, for home buyers, uh, available home inventory remains historically low. Um, and so that's a bit of a different dynamic from what we've had in past U.S. housing cycles. So as an example, you know, typically you would have four to six months worth of um, home inventory uh, on the market at, at any given time. And that's as a, as a national average. But that figure stood at less than two months worth in January, and even in March, which is the start of the spring selling season right. when, when more homes are being listed, uh, that number was still less than three months worth of supply. Um, so even with higher mortgage rates, the lack of supply is creating a bit of a damper to the typical down cycle that you would see um, in the US. And we can go into the reasons for that um, that lack of supply. Sure. So so let's talk about that. Why, why are builders not building or why is there lack of supply? Yeah, and I think to, to start, you have to sort of separate the U.S. housing market into existing homes and right. new homes. Right. So obviously the builders are the ones that are doing the constructions for, for the new homes. Um, existing homes is just the entire stock of everything that's already in, um, in the system. And so the existing home piece is actually the majority of the U.S. housing market um, in terms of sales in any given month or year. And so I'd say there was a couple of, of dynamics at play um, at the moment resulting in the lack of housing supply. And so the first is the most recent dynamic, which you highlight, the dramatic rise in interest rates mm -hmm. since the start of 2022. A um, couple of interesting stats as it relates to that and why it matters. You know, most current homeowners either have no mortgage or they have a mortgage with an interest rate that is below 4% which is, of course, well below mortgage rates that one could get today when looking for a home. Uh, the surveys surveyed 30-year mortgage rates this week were around 6.5%. Um, and so of all the owner-occupied homes in the U.S., 38% of those have no mortgage, so the mortgage has been paid off. Right. Um, and two-thirds 
of primary mortgages, so the mortgage that one would have on one's primary right. residence rather than a second home or, or investment property, um, have the interest rate below 4% and is a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. Um, the result of that is it, you know, those, those two factors are keeping owners in their existing homes for longer. They're keeping from them from selling those homes, which is resulting in much less supply of existing homes than you would typically have. Right. So in my case, I've got a three and a quarter mortgage. Um, and if I were to sell and buy something else, I'd be looking at substantially higher mortgage interest payments each month. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that lack of supply at the same time has resulted in home prices falling much less than would typically be the case in least recent uh, housing down cycles, just given that there is a kind of very strong underlying demand still relative to the supply of homes that is out there. And so, yeah, existing homes tend to be 8 out of 10 or 9 out of 10 home sales in any given month, where new constructions are 1 or 2 right. out of 10. Uh, but that's resulting in people that are seeking a home having to rely more heavily on right. new constructions. A new exactly. So the, a dearth of the 8 or 9 out of 10. Exactly, yes. Okay, so what's going on on the other side, supply side? Yeah, so on the supply side, so we have that that overarching dynamic for existing homes. On in terms of the new supply coming right, on, new construction. Um, yeah, this this actually goes back kind of before pre-COVID in terms of why we have this chronic shortage at the moment in in the U.S. housing market uh, because of the severity of the housing market crash during the global financial crisis. Um, the U.S. went through an extended period of underbuilding from 2007 through you know the following um, the following decade. So there was just fewer homes being built each year than, than really needed to be. Um, and then as it relates you know, today, you have a very strong demand side. Right. So of course, we all know that the rise of work from home since COVID mm-hmm, has mm-hmm. resulted in people moving to the suburbs, buying homes. That's a shorter term dyma- dynamic, but something that is a bigger um, structural dynamic that we see as being very important uh, for um, home builders and the housing market over the next decade um, is that there is a, a really a kind of a, a generational shift underway in that for the years following the global financial crisis, household formation in the U.S. was very, very low. It was very depressed. Millennials were delaying having families. And so U.S. household formation was under 1 million households per year. Um, again, very, you know, very low. This changed though, starting in the 2016-2017 timeframe to where millennials are now uh, forming households, they're going out and buying homes. And so we see that, we see a dramatic shift in uh, household formation in the past five or six years. Um, households are being formed at greater than a million and a half per year again, which is the highest since before the financial crisis. And if you go within the, the high level household formation right. numbers provided by the Census Bureau, there's also been a dramatic shift at the same time from where in the years following the financial crisis, renters were driving household formation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, um, owner-occupied units are driving household formation. So you have those two underlying themes. And as kind of the millennial generation ages, um, they enter the, the prime home buying age right. range of 35 to 45, or 35 to 44, really. That de- uh, demographic has been growing since 2016 and will continue to grow into the early 2030s. So it's providing really a decade-long demand support, as it were, 
to the need for more homes to be built in the U.S. So you've got a demographic shift that's positive for housing, and it looks like the millennials are opting more for houses instead of apartments. Exactly, yes. Okay. Uh, Given that, what are we thinking about housing, and what are we thinking, especially, again, with higher interest rates? When does that come into play? Yeah, and so certainly the higher interest rate piece has... Uh, kind of been been at play in the last you know six months. There is you know less um, kind of slower slower home buying than you would you know typically see. Uh, but again, that's counterbalanced by just the lack of inventory and the fact right. that people still need homes. And so you know we're we're still in this kind of down cycle phase for um, home builders and housing, as I mentioned. Um, however, the trough thus far has been much higher than in past troughs meaning that home builders are not having to cut back their production quite as much as you'd normally see. So in a typical U.S. housing cycle, um, the trough in annual homes built would be about a million or so. Okay. Um, the annualized rate for the most recently reported month, well, really the, the kind of the most recent trough month, which was April, was 1.4 million annualized, uh, annualized home starts. So home builder activity is still uh, fairly strong. Um, which for us is kind of presenting the opportunity to both kind of own these companies um, long term based right. on some of these dynamics that we've talked about that are, that are structurally supporting that industry, um, but also in the kind of more near term and in the recent months that we've had um, where investor sentiment has been so negative on those those companies. Right, um, because they foolishly, like me, thought higher interest rates meant bad <laughs> for housing, so they ran for the hills. Well, and so the interesting thing is that, you know, again, with a lot of home builders, as in past cycles, you would typically expect land values, uh, lot values, just items, major items on home builder balance sheets to be written down to for fall. those companies to right. say, yep, the value has fallen. We need to right. take write that down. That negatively impacts the balance sheet. That has happened to a very small degree hmm. this time around. Again, some of that is the dynamics we talked about, and some of that is better, uh, more disciplined practices within the industry, which is a bit of a shift um, that we see as a positive as well long term. And so all that's to say, we have a number of kind of home building companies, building products companies, the suppliers to the home builders that we own kind of across the portfolios at Urgent. And any of those in particular that you'd like to call out for our listeners? I would call out two is by way of, of example. The first is in our, our large cap portfolio is DR Horton, mm-hmm. um, ticker is DHI. So they are the largest home builder in the U.S. They're also what we consider to be a very strong operator uh, within the industry. They're very disciplined in what they do. Um, they've really improved their um, kind of their asset model over time, meaning they've become much better at buying and utilizing land um, and doing so in a very efficient manner such that the, the profits that they actually make right. on the homes they build um, is much better than it has been in the past. They're also a direct beneficiary and leader of consolidation that's happening within the home building industry in the U.S., which is a very fragmented industry historically. Um, in fact, the top 100 builders, if you go back to the early 2000s, only had about a third of hmm. the share of all homes being built in the U.S., and then in 2020, the most recent year that we have data for, um, based on a, a study that um, I had come across, the top 100 builders had half ah. of market share. So consolidation. Consolidation. 
and even within that, the top builders like DR Horton have gained um, more share than the ah, average. So taking share. Yes, absolutely. So uh, DR Horton is one, again, very, very good operator, um, a management team that we respect and we think are good allocators of capital and run the business well, uh, and a business model that benefits from having typically very high share in their local markets. Um, and that is also focused advantageously on homes that tend to be a bit lower uh, price point, kind of a lower price point right. range, which fits very well with that millennial demographic trend of entry-level buyers and maybe second home buyers. Household formation. Yes. Okay. So that's in large cap. Another that I would highlight is kind of at the other end of the capital spectrum right. um, is Greenbrick Partners, which is in our, our small cap focus fund. Um, Bit of a different, uh, bit of a different story. But what's unique about them is both their geographic concentration in the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area, mm. um, as well as Atlanta. So okay. very high growth markets, right, right. Uh, very good markets for home builders. Uh, and importantly, the fact that they have what's sort of called a land bank, which is um, a lot of very valuable land that they own or control. So they have many years worth of lots that can be developed. For, uh, for homes. Um, and the result of this, along with their, again, that, that geographic um, location, um, along with, again, what we see as a strong management team, leads to a company that has very, very strong returns on hmm. their equity, um, is very disciplined with their capital. They maintain you know, much more moderate leverage than many home builders do, uh, making them a higher quality builder than the vast majority of home builders. Um, and they are, in this point in time, benefiting to an outsized degree from some of these dynamics that we've talked about, that being lack of existing homes, creating a lot of demand for the, the supply that right. they bring to the right. market, um, and supporting their returns. Hmm. Okay, so two good picks and backdrop, as you mentioned, better demographics, uh, lack of supply, better management. So it sounds like there's no place like home. <laughs> I think that's a good way to put it, Ken. Okay. Well, Steve, thank you very much for the podcast. Thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you for listening to Conversations with Ken. For now, stay safe, stay well, and thank you for investing your time with us. This podcast represents opinions from portfolio managers of Argent Capital Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor, and reflect the portfolio manager's judgment on the date of this podcast and are subject to change. The podcast is meant for informational purposes only, is not intended to serve as a recommendation to buy or sell any security. It is also not a research report and is not intended to serve as a basis for any investment decision. All investments involve risk, and the past performance of a security or financial product does not guarantee future results or returns. Investors should consider their investment objectives and risk carefully before investing.